Hello and welcome to Startup Adventures, an exciting Indian podcast series hosting interviews of entrepreneurs and investors. Join us for an adventurous journey of the startup world brought to you by me, Srikant Soni. Hello everybody, welcome to Startup Adventures. Hope you guys are doing awesome. It's been a little while we posted our teaser and the introductions. I know it's been a little late, uh, but then, you know, uh, it's the way with entrepreneurs. They're always busy and we got to figure out a time with them. So, I think uh, I have my first, uh, you know, entrepreneur here, the first person whom I'll be interviewing. And we have Hemant with us, Hemant Satyanarayana from Imaginate. So, let's hear more about him from himself. So, uh, Hemant, just a little about yourself first. Hey, uh, Srikant, uh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for, uh, you know, interviewing me for your program. I think it's a pretty, very unique program that you're doing here. I wish it will spur a lot of entrepreneurship uh, in, in India. Uh, so, about myself... Uh, uh, I, before starting up, I used to work for a company called Sovos with a department of defense project where I was working on virtual reality based uh, wearable locomotion controllers where we essentially developed a wearable suit that will uh, insert a user or a soldier inside a virtual world which is probably a battlefield environment and the user would you know, uh, use this wearable controller to drive an avatar inside the environment. That is where the entire thing, you know, the Imaginate idea came to you? Uh, so, uh, it, it's actually started even before that. It's not just about the idea, but in terms of my uh, uh, inroads into augmented reality and virtual reality, I started off uh, with my thesis work in augmented reality. This was augmented reality-based liver surgery, which I worked on using a device like Google Glass, except it was more rugged, and this was in the year 2004. So, so that's where you know, I started off with the AR space and uh, my last company it was in the VR space. But to start Imagine it was after I came to India and then I wanted to do something on my own and uh, I was like why not do something in the space of AR and VR. This was in 2010. Right. So this is your first venture right as a startup? Yes. As a founder? Yes, this is my first venture as a founder. Right. So uh, how did the uh, you know, entire business come about, uh, the entire idea or you know you started working with a startup which was already into augmented reality. Uh, is, is that the right word I'm using, augmented reality? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, uh, when you say I started already, no, I, I actually created a startup. This was in the year 2011. I, well, I said 2010. In 2010, I was contemplating what I, what I should work on. Now, when I came back to India, and then I identified a field or a, or a pain point that I need to solve using augmented reality or virtual reality. So our technology is just a, an enabler to provide smart solutions for different problems, right? So the area that I chose was retail, retail and fashion. Yeah and started the company in 2011. Right, but then uh, there are those moments of doubts for the entrepreneurs whether the idea is going to work or not. How did you overcome those uh, initial moments? Yeah, so uh, uh, we all started off with, uh, you know, with proof of concepts, right? So, uh, I mean, there's always a hello world example even before you learn programming and, and write recursive loops or whatever, right? So, uh, so like that, uh, for something that I want to do in AR, uh, I actually came up with a, uh, with a product called Photoplay, which was meant to be an entertainment uh, system at the reception areas of restaurants. So we came up with the proof of concept, it was working fine and all and great, but from a business point of view, it didn't really uh, you know, uh, convince us to pursue that as an opportunity. So, uh, so there was a doubt there and from the business point of view. And then uh, we looked at this problem of, uh, of a shopper virtually trying out a sari. 
so there was a real, real big pain point there, right? You know, a virtual, virtually. I mean, just trying out a sari in a, in a, in a sari store is, is a big nightmare for shoppers, right? And then, uh, and after uh, realizing the problem, then I came back to the drawing board and created a solution for it. So, the, so that's how I was able to clear my doubt in terms of will it work or not. Great. So, how what about the family? You must have spoken about it to your family. And what was their reaction? Sure. The, the the problem really originated from the family. Oh. So, so, <laughs> Great, so they, it's it's all uh, to a brief bit that I should really pursue this problem. Right. So, uh, coming to the you know the uh, dressy part of it, uh, right. how you must have assumed certain things that this is going to work, and then how did you go about your assumptions? Yeah. So, uh, so dressy is uh, dressy was our uh, second uh, pivot now you know I, I talked about hospitality first before i started the company and then uh, i start, talked about the kiosk which is a magic mirror for uh, shoppers inside a sari store to virtually try out a sari so we, we developed the product deployed it sold a few licenses to a few retailers in india and we went to a program called startup chile which is based in chile so that's where we realized that you know we were probably selling you know uh, something like a diamond at the price of peanuts and still we were ha we were having a hard time at selling it on a, at a scale so that's when we decided to shut down the the physical variant of what we were doing and conceptualize dressy so yes. Dressy is actually, you know, Dressy is not what we started off with. I know. think that's a lesson for upcoming entrepreneurs and, uh, you know, people who wish to start up. It's so important to realize the value of what you're making. Uh, Hemant, how do you solve that particular problem? You said, you know, you're selling diamonds at the cost of peanuts. How did you, you know, there's one thing is the market price that is, you know, there's a trend around it. This something you build, there's no trend around it and you need to price it. How, how would you go about it? Yeah, so, uh, so what I've learned uh, in the first year and second year, or I'm still learning is, uh, what is the value that, bring, that you offer or uh, that, you, that your customer, end customer or client sees from it, right? Uh, after re figuring out what value he or she sees, then you price your product accordingly. Yeah. It's not always what your effort is, and uh, you know you couple it by like two times or three times or whatever and then price it right so that's what i realized so in the beginning we were like pricing it on par with our effort and uh, uh, of course there was a missed opportunity for us you know i would have done, i could have done something else uh, so you know that's a lesson that one you know always price it according to the customer i'm not saying that you know just be very opaque in terms of pricing i'm just saying you know be transparent but tra you know find out what your best target market is not go after everyone and only go after that big target market and price it accordingly to the target market. So what was your first sale experience like? The first sale experience uh, was was a free sale. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't really get anything for it. Uh, but then uh, got a good mentor, uh, you know, from a retail store owner. But the second priced sale experience uh, took us about uh, four to five months. And we only got paid like about 70% of the, of, the, of the price. So that shows the difficulty in a B2B, is that? That was a B2B in an unorganized retail fashion sector. Right. So I think a lot of learning for you were there. Cannot be documented in a book or as such one needs to have a discussion with you in order to learn more about sure, it. Right? Sure, sure, sure. Right. So there must have been a few strategies that you used around going about selling your product. So if you can just tell us a couple of those. Yeah, so uh, so let me actually uh, talk about Dressy now, uh, you know, than the first product right. which I shut down, right? right. So uh, the Dressy uh, is, is our current product. So even for Dressy, we started off with a B2B. 
now we are also introducing a b2c angle to it what is jassi uh, you know primarily is it's a visualization tool that lets shoppers in a digital medium either an e-commerce store or a mobile app figure out how they look in a dress so we were doing the physical variant of it in a magic mirror earlier but we have we are now focused only on the digital medium so we start off with a b2b space even b2b model even here what we did was we offered dressy as a plugin for existing e-commerce stores which means if i am if i go to mintra.com and i'm looking at apparel then as a shopper i would see a dressy plugin on mintra.com which tells me that hey you know tell me what your size is you know upload your picture and you can see how your shirt looks on you just through you know picture uh, on a on a picture based recognition and visualization so for this in order to get more and more adoption we came up with a freemium model uh, which is very trivial to thing to do to these days where we offered five products on every store uh, for free of cost personalization and anything more than five we charge them a monthly recurring fee on the basis of the number of products that were uh, enabled by Dressy and we were targeting small and medium stores although it's mentioned Mintra we are tar- targeting small and medium precisely because they work in about like you know 20 products to 100 products to 500 products if you're looking at mintra or you know or asos or topshop so they probably have like a million of apparel they will not go with the pricing model that we just talked about yeah i think uh, you figured that after certain trial and error of course coming to the you know in house the employees the team that you built how did you go about building that initial team Yeah so the initial team uh, first, was first maybe we can know how, how what's your team size and if you if you would like to share about that Yeah so we're a very small team uh, you know I would say it's a micro team about oh. uh, you know 5 6 people right including interns So uh, you know in the in the beginning when we built it it was uh, ourselves who uh, I mean it was just myself to begin with and then I had a friend who helped us in the in the beginning uh you know the founders themselves are the the employees right and then uh, uh, when we built when we started building dressy so we we i mean i had to choose a technology on which this has to be built and the core ip was brought by me right. but then in terms of java or python or whatever different framework that we wanted to choose it was all about who we found in the market and we were not you know uh, the microsofts of the world where we could afford salaries like 10 lakh 20 lakh 30 lakhs right? right so we we brought in someone who liked what we're doing who uh, you know was was mainly interested in the uh, innovative angle of the product than the pay right. so that's how uh, you know we brought in not just uh, you know full time employees but also interns we picked and selected interns who we thought uh, would like to solve some tough challenges that they would encounter in the problem and right. not really go after the money so right. let me now put you in a spot uh, we sit here we, we are at your office and so uh, is is there one particular person one particular uh, you know member of your team who would like whom you would like to say like you know this was the guy i mean seriously done a lot of work for me and uh, maybe you couldn't have found a better person at that point of time no i think uh, so who we have i mean you are really putting me in a spot but you know uh, but at the same time i what i will want to say is uh, who are we have you know our our best uh, people at at the job and yeah. at and for us and for the company as such because these are the people who you know have found faith in us and uh, they like what we're doing and they are uh, sticking with us right so uh, having said that we also had some retention issues okay. so uh, so i can't always say that you know okay, we found a best guy like 3 years ago and then he's still with us or something yeah. like that right so we could always convince people to work with us but then to retain them on an ongoing basis the either the company has to see you know tremendous scale or 
you know, or we should accommodate for their uh, expenses. Of course. You know, growing expenses. You know, yeah. everyone needs a change <laughs> from time to time. True. As a founder, uh, coming to a little bit on the personal side, how do you, you know, go about your entire day? Well, if you can just share a little on that. So uh, these days I come in at about 8.30 in the morning and then uh, leave at about 6 o'clock, sometimes at 3 o'clock because I've got to go and pick my daughter sometimes. Uh, so that's sort of my timeline uh, from, from a point of coming to the office. Uh, but as you can understand, you know, as you very well know that we as entrepreneurs we work 24-7 almost. Right, you know, uh, sometimes I would like be dreaming of, oh. of a problem that I couldn't solve during the day. Right, you know, right. I'm not exaggerating, but you know, I would like wake up in the middle of the night and then like, yeah. okay, maybe we should do this. Right, so maybe the aha moment, you know, it comes in the middle of the night and suddenly like, oh, this is how it can be solved. Yeah, I think I think it's it can be night or day. It is just that you know we think about it all the time. Right. We think about it all the time. Uh, whenever we find the solution, we find it. So uh, about imagine it. Uh, are you guys funded? Yes, we are briefly funded. Uh, we got a very small seed uh, seed funding a uh, couple of years ago. And besides that, we also got uh, uh, a grant from Startup Chile. That's I think that gives you a lot of credibility uh, in terms of reaching yeah. out to the customers. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, um, yeah, so credibility in terms of, uh, I guess, getting people on board into the company. But in terms of reaching out to customers, I would deny if, uh, with what you said. Okay. Um, nobody these days care about how much funding you have raised. Customers always want to look at the product. If the right. product is appealing, they will take it. Yeah. Wonderful. So uh, about the biz- business side of it, uh, how do you go about the marketing? What are the channels you, you know, uh, uh, explored? Yeah, so for our B2B route on Rassi, we, uh, we went through Shopify. Uh, it's a platform where you can uh, create an e-commerce, small or medium e-commerce store uh, on a SaaS model. So we, uh, we created an app for Shopify targeting stores which are already there so that they could discover Dressy as a virtual fitting room plugin for their existing e-commerce fashion app. So, so, so that's like the app store sort of a marketing model where we introduced Dressy or backend as an app on Shopify. Okay. So besides that, uh, you know, we, uh, I mean, we obviously uh, spend a little bit of money, test what the uh, client, what clients think of us by spending ads, spending money on ads on Facebook and Google, but not too much. Right. It's like very, very little when we want to test a certain feature. So we would like put a graphic out there and then introduce a feature there on the graphic and see how it translates to clicks. But besides that, uh, till now it has been always about word of mouth uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and people discovering our website through SEO, uh, SEO okay. optimization. Uh, and the outbound reach, how, how does the outbound uh, come into picture? Uh, so we haven't, uh, honestly, we haven't really spent any uh, efforts on the outbound okay. marketing yet. Right. So uh, again, coming back to your company, uh, what kind of uh, culture do you see? What kind of, you know, team uh, do you see building where, you know, they're like extremely passionate about working for a startup or, you know, where it's a very agile team, very, you know, or there for the long run, you know that. What kind of a culture do you, you you're trying to build around? Yeah, so uh, you know, I'm not the best in the market, but uh, what we do is uh, we try to uh, be as open as possible in the sense that uh, there are no restrictions in terms of, you know, you come in at this time, leave at this time. It's sort of like a co-working space, I, I would say, where everyone has their own private uh, preferences of right, how they want to work in, yeah. right? So, uh, in fact, today our, uh, our main engineer, uh, Kumar, is not here, you know, because he just called in the morning and said he will not be here, but he's working from home. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, he knows uh, where we are heading to uh, by the end of this month. Yeah. So, uh, so everyone follows a vision that we have, 
and then uh, uh, pace uh, pace themselves accordingly by the hour, uh, but but broadly make sure they are on plan right. to to follow that uh, uh, product plan that we have. Right. Uh, Quickly, we'll uh, get you know a couple of questions on the uh, you know your personal uh, your, as an individual as an entrepreneur. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll talk quickly a couple of questions about that, and then we'll go to our you know quick fire round. Sure. So to be a successful entrepreneur, how you know what kind of sacrifices uh, you have had to made, or uh, in terms of your family, what kind of difficulties they have had to go through? If you can just share that a little. Yeah, so I'm a first-generation entrepreneur, right? So uh, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but uh, so because I am that, and I come from a family where uh, you know be, uh, where they respect highly of people going to a job, right? right? Uh, and uh, and if there is someone who is uh, otherwise, if you're not fit for a job, let's say if you have flunked your tenth grade, then probably you should set up a shop or work in a pharmacy, right? Yeah. So that sort of an attitude, uh, because that's how most of it, most of the society is. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm grateful that I have a wife who uh, th you know, uh, understands my cons my uh, ambitions, uh, not necessarily what I'm doing today. And slowly, uh, the entire family understood what I want to do and I want to achieve. Uh, but how I was able to convince them indirectly is through a lot of media articles that were written about uh, myself and my company. We won the MIT TR35 Innovator of the Year Award and recently I got mentioned as an innovator in a book called Indian Innovators. So that sort of nailed it, I would hope so, but but yeah. I still keep getting flagged sometimes. Right. I, I hope even this interview adds further to it, you know, it helps in <laughs> yeah, a way. I hope so, I hope so. Right. so uh, now coming down to the last question, what has been your most satisfying moment uh, since you started up? Uh, since I started up, uh, there has been a lot of satisfying moments. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's if very you hard. were to choose that one moment and say, yes, this was when I thought I've really nailed it and I've really got it right. If there's any such moment we'd like to share with our audience, with our uh, listeners. No, I, I, honestly, I can't pick the one moment right. uh, uh, during my entire journey as the moment that will, that will stand out. So maybe I will pick that moment for later, for future. Right. Uh, we're all aspirational. Uh, the best moment is probably uh, coming up. Right. Um, that's why I'm here. I'm still here, like working towards that the, the the best moment. But so far, uh, so there are a lot of uh, points in the in, uh, in the in the timeline over the last three four years that have uh, that were good moments. Like when I got into Startup Chile, a program, a global accelerator. When we won the MIT TR35 Innovator Award. When I filed a patent in the U.S. for virtual collaborative shopping. You know, when we won a lot of awards in India. When I got featured on, I mean, whatever. Uh, the lot of things that that happened. Uh, yeah. So th those are all like you know uh, some catalysts for us to keep going on. So as they say, uh, to become an overnight success, you work for many years and then you become an overnight success. Yeah, we'll hope to be an overnight right. success after uh, right. working for some more years exactly. from now. So, uh, uh, all the best to you in that. And now we'll move on to our super over, we call it. Uh, okay. That's a quick fire round. Nice. So we have six um, questions and you need you just need to be on your toes, answer them bring quickly, it on. right? Yeah. yeah. So one habit that made you successful? Uh, sorry, that was a googly. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> One habit that made you successful. One habit that made me successful. Uh, innovation. Innovation. Innovate. Innovation. Innovation. Oh, yeah. Imaginate and then innovate. Right? Yeah. Yeah. In one word, characterize your life as an entrepreneur. Uh, working. What? One word. <laughs> quick, quick, come on. This, this is super over. Right? Hard working. Okay. If you could talk to one person from history, who would it be? 
from history. Seems him and they stumped, right? From history, like yeah, from the past, saying? from the past. I mean, um, somebody relevant to business, of course, relevant of course, relevant to entrepreneurship. Relevant to entrepreneurship. Yes. Okay. Um, Sorry. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, that was my that's, uh, one, that's one for Shrikant and two for Heyman. So, uh, your closest competitor? Meetail, uh, which is based in UK. Okay. What is the current size of your company? Six people. That took a, that took some time, right? So, no, we um, are still hiring people. So. Uh, that one person you look forward to for any conversation uh, in your moment of doubt? A lot of people. Uh, one person. Uh, oh, quickly! The, you, the closest you flip, person. You flip a coin and it comes to your mind. Who's yeah. that person? Rameshwar. Rameshwar. Okay, yeah. Rameshwar. Hope you're hearing this, <laughs> and you can thank him later. Yeah. So, Hemant, it was really, you know, it was really great to have you on Startup Adventures, yeah. and uh, I'm sure a lot of people are going to learn a lot of new things from you know hearing your talk. Really appreciate joining us on this conversation. Thank you very much, Hemant. Thank you a lot. Thanks a lot, uh, Shikant. I really, I mean, I, but for the last over where I was clean bowled. <laughs> right. But yeah, I really liked uh, uh, talking to you. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks. And you just heard the Startup Adventures podcast. Follow us on our Facebook page, fb.com slash Startup Adventures, our SoundCloud channel, soundcloud.com slash Startup Adventures, and our Twitter handle at Startup Advent. Send in your suggestions, feedbacks, comments and interview requests or nominations at startupadventures at gmail.com. Until our next podcast, stay adventurous.